Welcome to a Meathead Hippie Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Schramm. I don't know if I've done a more important podcast. (laughs) This has been long awaited since I had the amazing invite to go to a Water is Life retreat hosted by Isabel Friend through my friend, my beautiful friend, Caden, who is the founder of Blue Bottle Love. And I don't know if you've seen me carry this blue bottle around, but I carry it everywhere. And, you know, I've been in nutrition and wellness for a long time. And I think I know a lot about a lot of things. I know nothing about water. And even after this podcast, I'm like, oh, shit, I have so much more to learn. And I can't wait for you to be in that same place because seeing as water is 99.92% of our cells and seeing as water is the number one reason that we have so many environmental issues occurring and understanding that the water conversation is only just beginning and true sovereignty comes from us all recognizing and understanding our water source and also being advocates for water for people who cannot speak or be advocates for themselves. This will just blow your mind. So Isabel Friend, she is an ambassador of water, a water goddess, a speaker, an educator. She is incredible at blending science and spirit so that you can really understand it from both sides. I sometimes live in just the spirit world and how water makes me feel and and how it tastes and the 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 feel, 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 emotion of it. But the science piece is obviously incredibly important if we're going to actually make momentum (laughs) or change anything. And so I scratch the surface with her in this podcast. I don't even want to do a long intro. I just want you to learn. We go through the filtration process. We talk about structured water. We talk about maybe the misconceptions of what like a Kangen water filter might be doing versus finding our own spring or creating a spring water in our own environment. And I'll just tell you, like I have been so blessed because I've been in this van using findaspring.com to find my water sources because this is fresh spring water, meaning it's naturally structured, which we talk about in the podcast, what that means. And that has been exponential in hydrating myself and connecting with the land and connecting with these places. When we think about anti-aging, when we think about our connection with sourcing and understanding our, our whole entire ecosystem, you know, internally and externally, it involves reciprocity. So this water piece has been a huge piece of it. Now I am in Southern California, I'm settled in and I cannot find a spring anywhere, which is now the common theme probably for anyone who's listening to this. What do we do if we can't find a spring right outside our house or findaspring.org doesn't have a spring close by? what do we do? And what kind of water do we need to drink? And can we build a relationship with water that is so much deeper and so much more intimate than just, I need to be hydrated. Let me drink this water. It's a nuisance or I need to drink water, which is just so, you know, the reductionist, uh, the reductionism of it. It's like, there's such, there's such energy in water. We need to address her as a she, (laughs) And Isabel's going to tell us why. So without further ado, waterislife.com is life 
Shop has all of these tools. I just got my structured water device, so I take my filtered water and I put it through it. You can also get these really in-home fancy systems that she talks about, which are worth it when you think about the long-term impact of water and how water is us, and it's our bloodstream in five minutes of drinking water. And we talk about her new course. So if you are like, yes, this is sparking something in me. I want to learn. She only has this once a year. It's November 7th. Even if you miss the live course or if you're listening to this later, just jump into any of her downloadable PDFs. They're very affordable. They're so accessible and they're brilliant. Waterislife.academy and go follow Isabel. I mean, there's just nobody who I... I agree with more. I mean, I just being at her retreat and learning from her, there's so much more to learn. Again, this is just the beginning, but to see water as source, where we come from, where we will end up and our relationship with water and and especially someone who loves gardening and herbs to know the impact that really powerful structured water can have on that. And then we think about the accessibility to it and we think about what's in our tap water and what that's doing to our minds and our bodies. You know, this is some serious shit. (laughs) This is the awakening, the ascension. Like when we control our water and understand our water, we take back our entire life. And I don't say that lightly. This is, this is important stuff. So I really hope you just learn and receive and share what you received and learned and just go support this amazing human Isabel friend who is spreading the word about water that is so needed to be spread. So much love, so much love. Enjoy the show. (laughs) I'm Emily Schramm, the ultimate meathead hippie. Welcome to the show. Isabel, I've been excited for podcasts, but none, it almost makes me emotional how excited I am for this. The waters are coming out because this is so, even how you landed in my life and how I came to your retreat and just this beautiful experience and the work that you are doing and how important this is. This is just like such an honor to have you on this podcast to share about what you are working to share with the world, like your work. And I am so grateful that you're sitting here with me. Oh, thank you so much, Emily. I really appreciate that. And it's an honor to be here with you too. Thanks so much for having me on to come share with your people. Yes, the gifts of water. I want to give a little bit of background. So you came into my life so strongly through our dear friend, Caden, who does the blue bottles. So blue bottle love And because of the situation in Maui, she wasn't able to come to your retreat and you do these beautiful water is life retreats. So I was able to be Caden's conduit and meet you and receive all of your wisdom. You've been working with water in all aspects of water, not just what I see so often, little pieces and kind of these scientific places that we can dabble in and talking about electrolyte like the the spirit of water comes through you and it's been about 14 years maybe more that this has been your calling sharing this and so to sit and learn from you in all these different realms 
and with my notes from the retreat, it was so eye-opening. It felt as if water was initiating me through you. Like this is the beginning and the end, because when we think about all the things that we are, everything that we love, everything we eat, everything we drink, nothing has life without water. Mm-hmm. So I I just would love to start with just understanding your entrance into water and then understanding really this this gift that you're bringing to the world which is helping people access this deeper esoteric gift of water in in a way that I don't think we're thinking about it correctly right we're thinking of it in in a way that's too put into a box and water is too expensive for that so I'd love to hear how this how the water called you and just a little bit about the work that you are so in and who and who you are through that work mm. Yeah, thank you. Happy to share. Um, I'll try to keep it relatively concise because there's so much to go into today. But um, long story short, you know, I got started in water, like you said, about 14 years ago. That was when the passion first sparked for me. Um, so it was 2009, and I was living in Brooklyn as a nutritionist, studying nutrigenomics and how the food that we eat affects our gene expression. And when we eat wild, undomesticated non-hybridized food we have much less domesticated gene expression as well and then I started to realize well wait a second you know they say you are what you eat but it's almost more true to say you are what you drink because we are 70% water by volume but molecularly we're 99.92% water molecules if you were to count all of the molecules in your body we're almost 100% water so then I started drinking wild raw living non-domesticated water untreated non-filtered straight from the earth, like the direct transmission of receiving uh, living spring water straight from, from the spring head. And that shifted so much for me, mind, body, and spirit. There was just this, this cascade of codes that started coming in. And that's when I got introduced to the work of Victor Schauberger, who was a naturalist from the late 18 and early 1900s, who had a better understanding of water than we will come to in the next few hundred years at the rate that we're going now, which I mean, in many ways, hydrology is going backwards in terms of water wisdom. Um, But that's when I really started to realize that water holds the keys to all of humanity's toughest questions, that water is the storehouse of all wisdom that transcends time, space, and dimension. And that as the source of life, we can turn to this living liquid intelligence for the answers to all of life's toughest questions all of the seemingly unsolvable conundrums that we've gotten ourselves into by turning away from life, we can solve by turning back to life and learning from the source of life, learning the way that she is so um, generous and decentralized, uh, the way that she governs watersheds, the the way that she distributes um, resources and nutrients throughout ecosystems. These things can teach us a lot about economics and a lot about politics. And there's an entire, you know, Taoist system on the the Tao of leadership that's based on learning from water, how to be a good leader. Um, We can learn about medicine and about health and about wellness. which is mostly what I share about on, on the majority of my, at least my public channels, because that I think is, is such a, an accessible entry point for most people um, and very relatable for most people. So, you know, what we're finding there is that dehydration is at the root of all disease, bar none, and that forms of rehydration are an effective treatment 
to just about everything. And there are different kinds of water that are literally curative. There are many different medicinal waters. Um, or whether it's questions of um, of climate, for example, you know, we're, we're realizing through the work of Dr. Walter Genet and other climatologists that actually it's not about carbon, it's about the depletion of the hydrological cycle. That is actually at the root of the weirding that we're seeing and that restoring the hydrological cycle will completely restore balance to the, the climate um, and the weather cycles and patterns on the earth. So, so across the board, just... Uh, to sum it all up, regardless of, of where we've gotten ourselves into a tangle, water is the, the baptizing, cleansing, rehydrating, revivifying answer that we're looking for. And I, what you said is the climate crisis is water cycles being unbalanced. That was one of my biggest notes of this retreat of just like, we're thinking about this so wrong. Like this is about re-nourishing and if we think about ourselves as a mirror of mm -hmm. a reflection, right, individually, and then that is the mass collective. And if the the world is our mirror, this dehydration of self, which is so, it's everywhere, right? We, everywhere, everyone we walk by and even ourselves, like it's very clear that we are not being nourished in the way that water has intended. And I think that's where I see it a lot happen in the in this kind of current fitness in my own background as well. Like, just add electrolytes and like this is like so masculine. So I would love you know you talked about your four step process and this is a lot of your courses online and your really your beautiful way of explaining it that it isn't just about adding electrolytes <laughs> and there is so much more to the story. There's a, a the bigger thing. I would love if we could jump into that to help someone that's maybe familiar with the hydration of water because what I found if even if we're familiar with it until we hear it in the way that you speak about it there's still a disconnection of it it's mm -hmm. I drink water for water to help me be less fatigued or for water to help me you know process some nutrients it's still it's there's not this like spirit of water coming through and I would love to hear those four steps from you in a way that helps people maybe even if they're struggling with drinking water to like remember this is an exchange and she is a gift just like an herb or just like a tea or just like a medicine that is this is the ultimate medicine mm -hmm. absolutely yeah she's nature's primary medicine because water is life so it's not just that we need water we are water and the the quality of your hydration is in direct proportion to the quality of your vitality, your life force, your prana, your mana, your chi, your, your cognitive capacity, your mental, spiritual, and emotional and physical. Th these are all woven together by water, right? Water is the thread that holds them all together. In fact, the measurement that we use to measure your level of hydration is the exact same measurement that we use for your cellular voltage. And we know that your cellular voltage is your prana, that's your chi, that's your life force energy. Um, and it's called a phase angle test. So if you have low hydration, you have a low phase angle, you have no voltage, no current of life force energy flowing through you because water is the is the conductor, right? Oh, Leela wants to come say hello. Hi, Kitty. <laughs> you are always welcome. <laughs> she loves to be in the center of everything, of course. Hi, sweetie. Oh, she would love Griff. <laughs> oh, I bet. That's your Hemingway cast? Yeah. <laughs> so the way I think of water is not just as 
life force itself, but also as a living being unto herself. And so when we start seeing water in this way, we can start to get a better sense of of how to care for her as we would care for a living being that we love, you know, what, what are her primary needs and also what are her love languages? And so most people stop at filtration and they say, well, as long as this water is clean, then it must be good water, right? But that's like saying, I took a shower today and therefore I'm healthy. Obviously we know that health is a broad spectrum of factors that's more than just hygiene. Or you could say, well, this water has been filtered and it has electrolytes and therefore it's good water. That's like saying, well, I've showered and eaten today and therefore I'm healthy. We know that health is a lot more than that, right? So electrolytes are absolutely important. We want our water to be well-fed, to be able to partake of the earth element in the same way that we partake of the earth element. We eat food that was grown in the soil or food that ate food that was grown in the soil and the earth uh, or the water element eats by taking in the earth element through dissolving minerals, which become electrolytes and give her a higher conductive capacity. But another really important factor in our health is our breathing, for example. So just like we need to breathe, water also needs to breathe. She needs to be well aerated. In nature, water is always moving. And as she moves, she exchanges gases like oxygen and carbonic acid. Dr. Tom Cowan said that he believed that one day it would be discovered that the dissolved gases within water are just as important to our hydration as the water itself. And so the more water moves, the more she breathes, the more vitalized she becomes. And that actually translates into our um, blood oxygen saturation levels as well, which is so important for our health. And just like we need to have quality um, relationships and quality connections, we can't exist in isolation. In fact, it's been found that um, loneliness is more dangerous than smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. In fact, a former Surgeon General of the U.S. shortly before COVID, ironically, before we all went down into lockdown, uh, into isolation, he published a book on how isolation kills and how it's it's this silent epidemic in the world. <laughs> And so, um, you know, water as well, what happens on a, on a molecular level is that when she's stagnant or when she is mistreated, when she's put through um, pumps or right angle pipes or, um, you know, left in the, in the heat or all of these different uh, factors or exposed to certain degrading non-native um, electromagnetic fields, on a molecular level, there's this isolation that starts to happen and we call this bulk water. And bulk water is where there's no, where there's very little bonding between the hydrogens at the H2O. And so that water is not able to conduct life force energy because it's the connection of those hydrogens, it's those relationships that channel energy, information, vibration, and frequency in the same way that quality relationships in a community are what conduct the life force energy of that culture and, and the songs and the wisdom and the, and the love and the energy and all of that. So water needs to be well connected. We call this structured water or crystalline water. Structured water can capacitate a lot more life force and it's much easier for that water to penetrate into our bodies, to penetrate into our cells and, and to just better hydrate us in general. Um, and just like we need quality information. You know, if you grow up just playing violent video games, watching horror movies and, and watching porn, the quality of your 
maturity and and what's what is carried within you what your cup is filled with is going to be a lot different than someone who grows up having you know a high quality education and and good conversations and being in nature and and being exposed to you know sacred scriptures or whatever it is um, and water as well is constantly learning from its environment she's always perceptive in fact the ancients called her the sensitive chaos and so she is picking up on subtle vibratory stimuli like um, visual stimuli auditory stimuli um, uh, subtle um, subtle vibrations in the field like um, wi-fi routers or the schumann resonance or everything she's she's always learning and so we want to be able to help facilitate this learning process as well in the same way that we need quality stimuli. Water also needs quality stimuli because she becomes a liquid vessel of what it is that she's exposed to. You know, a lot of people say, oh, just play classical music to your water and and that's really great. And then she becomes a liquid vessel of, of that music. But, you know, sometimes there's just a whole host of, of different kinds of um, maturation processes that we can we can help water to go through in order to bring her back to kind of that spring quality state and so when it comes to all of these love languages of water or meeting all of water's basic needs which are the exact same as our basic needs we need to move we need to eat we need to breathe you know we need we need um, sunlight and starlight water also needs to be exposed to these different light frequencies there's fascinating research being done now into aquaphotomics which is the way that water relates to different light frequencies and how water that is missing those sun and moon light frequencies actually cannot um, have the same medicinal capacities within living systems as, as the water that has so we need to meet water's needs as though she is a, a conscious sentient living being and the way that we do that is really just to mimic what happens at a spring. We're just recreating what happens in nature. We're just trying to, you know, if, if we have in our care some water that has been highly traumatized, like tap water or reverse osmosis or distilled water, they've been put through these very industrialized processes and, and robbed, the water has been robbed of its true nature, then it needs that TLC and that care that would happen at a spring, which again is you know filtering, structuring, balancing, and energizing. We're just meeting those basic like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You just put Maslow's hierarchy of needs on water, and that's basically you know how to how to care for her because she's she's been sick and and she needs our she needs our genuine care and appreciation. Uh, so many things of your retreat came back that I just have to share. So thank you for sharing all of that. And also what you said about bulk water, your, this has stuck with me so strongly about we are the first generation being fed by completely bulk water, water shipped from everywhere else and not from our actual home. And how that is to me just just such a significant indicator of the separation that we're all experiencing. I would love for you to, yeah, just address that and help someone, you know, cause we don't even think about this. This might be brand new concept to someone of just like water is water. Like here's a bottle of water here and a bottle of water here, but we already know one, the bottles of water are made from plastic and we are, we have such an issue and an understanding of the depths of the problem of plastic consumption. So it's already kind of contributing to that, but that, that really the, the way you visualize that for me was so helpful. It's been really resonant and understanding kind of our place in like, oh yeah, we are all drinking this like bulk dead water. 
Mm-hmm. Of course, that reflects in our in our day to day interactions. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, exactly, it, it really is true. You are what you drink, and I see this so often in the clients that I work with as well. That the quality of your mental health, the quality of your relationships, relationships is directly proportional to the quality of the water that you're drinking as well, because. Wow. We are made of water and the water that we are making ourselves of is reflected in everything we do. It's been said that, you know, water is the primordial mirror and what we do to water, we do to ourselves. She is the purveyor of fate. She is the purveyor of karma. She is the purveyor of the law of attraction. Um, so we can get more into that in a minute if you want, but just on a very practical level, like you said, we're one of the first generations where we're making ourselves out of very, um, disconnected, disparate, separate, far-flung waters. We might be drinking water from Fiji or from Evian, France, or from the Alps, or from, you know, volcanic waters from Hawaii. And and ancestrally, we have been an intimate part of the watershed in which we live. You know, our, our water vessels that we call bodies, it's just a drop of water that we're borrowing from the watershed for the course of one lifetime. And when we pass away, this water is going right back into our watershed again. And traditionally for hundreds of thousands of years for millennia, we have been woven into our watershed. It's sharing a bloodstream with the plants and the animals around us. You know, when, when water is inside of us, we call it blood, but when it's outside of us, we call it water. That doesn't change the fact that it is the exact same living liquid life force either way. When you hold a glass of water in your hand, know that within five minutes of you drinking that water, it's going to become your bloodstream. It's your external bloodstream right now, but in five minutes, it will be your blood. And so there's this level of groundedness and centeredness and presence and belonging and communion and camaraderie and and this this onus of of almost um reciprocal i don't want to say reciprocal ownership but like this kinship this it's deep kinship that you begin to feel um with your place this groundedness the sense of belonging with your your place on this earth when you're making yourself out of water that is from the place where you live. So mostly I recommend people go wildcraft and forage their own local waters, not only because that's the cleanest and the most balanced and the most vibrant, healthy water that we can be drinking, but also because there's this um, pilgrimage that has a deep and profound psychological and spiritual effect on us in terms of our our own sovereignty because when you think about it if water becomes your blood within 5 minutes where we're sourcing our water from is where we source our blood from and for most people they're actually paying the government for their own bloodstream by drinking municipal tap water or they're paying a corporation for their bloodstream by drinking bottled water and i think it's really time to cut out the middleman and receive our bloodstream directly from mother earth as God intended. This is the natural way. There's This is the direct communion where it is free to live on this earth where we are free human beings naturally empowered by that personal communion that happens that is a very sacred and very intimate thing. I mean, there's 
there's nothing other than your food and your water that you take in that becomes you. This is a sacred community. And we have evidence dating all the way back to the Bronze Age of springs being tended to as very sacred sites of ceremony, of ritual, of communion. And whether you bring a spiritual dimension to harvesting water or not, you will feel the subtle cascade of just more personal empowerment, more sense of self, less disconnection when you start taking on this practice. And, you know, there's something, there's something that happens on a soul plane when you claim that sanguine sovereignty, that, that relationship between your blood and the blood of the earth, and you cut out the government and cut out the corporations, like that is a powerful um, reclaiming of who we are as human beings, who we are as living drops of water, stewards of water on this planet that is a watery planet. You know, we're drops of water living on a body of water. And there's so much power in that when you start realizing the true nature of water and, and what it is that we're capable of as bodies of water. Oh, and then to bring that back to the primordial mirror, like what we are doing, this is the reflection and this is the this is the growth. This is the awakening. This is so powerful. It's so profound. And you mentioned about structured water. And I, I know it's perfect how you explained it. I think there's been a lot, a lot of confusion. I think people are so excited to learn about this, um, what that means. But one of the experiences that I had, which was like the way structured water sounds, it's so different. It's this beautiful, like vortex, even the way it's poured, right? If you pour it and you showed this in your demonstrations at the retreat, there's this, this beautiful term of events that happens, like it's working together, it's connected. And I think sometimes like even just having that visceral visual connection of like, this is so different. Of course, this is going to live in me differently and understanding that and kind of coming back to the, I think some people are familiar with the hidden messages of water and understanding his work, um, Masaru Emoto, 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 Emoto. Yeah. I would love if I don't even, I feel like I jumped so far ahead, just understanding maybe some of those places is that still structured water the the ability to speak to it or is it just the emotion um how water can kind of shape into these different feelings it, it expresses it is that similar to the structure of water or is that still a different apparatus or a different mechanism yeah that's such a great question and i would love to clear this up because i feel like a lot of people there are just so many so many questions around around his work and around water crystallography in general and water structure and there's a lot of questions even for the people who have been studying it for years you know one of my dear friends um jonathan butts he's one of the top water scientists in the world i have so much respect for his understanding of water and every time we get together we'll be talking about water for hours and hours and hours and then eventually we'll just sit there and be like Oh, she's such a mystery. We don't know shit. We don't know anything. Like <laughs> humanity, we know absolutely nothing about this incredible mystery. Um, uh, because she's she defies the laws of physics. She breaks our our um preconceived notions of what's possible in, in every moment. Um, but but to try to break down um that that part of it to simplify it, um, you know, structured water goes by a lot of different names, uh, crystalline water or um, exclusion zone water or H3O2 or um, gel phase water or the fourth phase of water. It's actually not a separate phase. The fourth phase of water is plasma. The fourth phase of anything is plasma, but it's an allotrope. And an allotrope just means it's in a different shape. So for example, 
if you have carbon atoms, different allotropes of carbon would be coal, graphite, and diamonds. The difference between coal and a diamond, even though they're both just carbon, is the structural shape of how those carbon atoms come together. When they come together in a coherent crystalline matrix in a symmetrical way, you have this crystalline diamond with incredible you know, capacities to be piezoelectric and to, um, you know, conduct energy. This is why we use crystals and watches and computers because they have this capacity to, um, to conduct energy. Whereas coal, the atoms are very chaotic. They're just randomly jumbled together. And most of us drink the coal version of water. And most modern medicine treats the human body as though it is the coal version of water. But the reason why you are alive is because you are made of the diamond version of water. Your bio water is incredibly structured. These water molecules come together in a beautifully symmetrical way inside you. Um, in your fascia, which is highly structured water, 80% highly structured water, 20% protein inside of your cells and in, inside of your DNA. The only reason why your DNA holds its double helix chiral shape is because there's a backbone of highly structured clathrate water molecules stacked together that the, the double helix of proteins kind of forms around everywhere in your body, your cerebral spinal fluid, highly, highly structured, very mineral rich water, only one molecule different from seawater, every different watershed within you actually mirrors a watershed on the earth as well as above so below as within so without so when we drink structured water um again there's this greater capacity for for information exchange um, for greater vitality and as you said you know water is our mirror and when we drink bulk dissociated unstructured water where, where all of the molecules are very independent, hyper-independent, doing their own thing, not communicating with one another, not in relationship, then gradually over time, we become dehydrated as well because it takes more energy for your body to convert bulk water into structured H3O2 water into biologically compatible water. It takes energy for your body to do that. Because you, it has to be structured water for your body to use it, it has to be structured water. So it's going to structure the water that you drink, but it could expend more energy doing that than you actually receive back from the water in hydroelectric energy. And over time, that loss of energy is dehydrating because like we said before, your energy and your hydration are the exact same, right? Um, so what I see often with people who drink um, reverse osmosis and distilled water, which are what we call an aggressive solvent there, it's an immature water um, that is, is very hungry, it's very unstructured. And those people often tend to feel, you know, disconnected, disconnected from themselves, disconnected from their community. And um, we can see as well in, um, I think it's um, magnetic resonance imaging of intracellular fluid, that there's a direct correlation between the quality, or, or rather the structure of your intracellular fluid and um, every single disease state. So the more well-bonded your, your intracellular fluid, the more your, your cells work together in harmony. Whereas like take cancer, for example, your cells start to become hyper-independent. They start to you know, go off and, and the cell-to-cell -cell communication, um, the cellular voltage, these are all um, depreciated. And with cancer, these cells are 
hyper-independent, very much reflecting the water that they're made of, where the molecules become hyper-independent. And we live in a culture now where hyper-independence is really um, lauded. And it's it's this um, very, it's very much an anomaly when it comes to all of human history, you know, over 200,000 years before Gebekli Tepe and the advent of the, ag the agrarian revolution, like we were, we were very much a tribal society. Many places in the earth mm -hmm. still are interdependence it was recognized creates strength creates coherence creates diversity and the same is true in water the same is true in your own cells the same is true in a in a family unit you know what happens at the micro happens at the macro we are drinking such dead water and at the macro we are living in a in a society that really values and proliferates separation disease and death and i think there's a direct correlation in fact um, Victor Schauberger, back in the early 1900s, he took a look at what we were doing to water, even back then, 100 years ago. And he said, based on the way that we're treating water right now, I predict that there will be um, a lot of natural disasters, there will be a lot of floods, the climate of the earth will change, and people will become less intelligent and less emotionally mature over time. And here we are a hundred years later. Wow. What we do to water, yeah. we do to ourselves. It becomes our destiny. Mm. We gotta do something about that. That's like this. I'm like, everyone go to waterislife.shop immediately. <laughs> go just oh, this everything about what you're teaching and sharing. And then I again, we're just gonna tap the tip of the iceberg, speaking of water, because there's so much to this, but you do have this is what you teach, this is what you share. You have courses on this, you have a course coming up. Um, but if somebody only has, so findaspring.org has been such a amazing resource for me. I, when I was in my van and traveling across the country, that was absolutely what I used. But now I'm in San Diego and I was looking even last night. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's nothing in this area. So I was like, I'm so glad I'm talking to Isabel because I, you know, in all of the water filtration worlds and also kind of to clear up some confusion that might be happening because there is also this, you know, I feel like sometimes water and like the mm -hmm. integrity of water sometimes gets mixed up with like a Kangen is the answer. Mm -hmm. And, and I want to make sure that that is also like, if you could address that where it's like, mm -hmm. this is a very, that's a very different thing than what we're, we're speaking about. So then if someone's like, okay, my city water is filled with these chemicals and it's harsh and it has a lot of nutrients that I don't want, not, not nutrients, anti-nutrients that I don't want in my body. All I have is the grocery store, reverse osmosis distilled are my only options. Mm -hmm. What What's our next step? And I was thinking of this too, because that's my mission today. I'm like, I have to find my water source in San Diego. What am I going to do? So what, yeah, where as does soon one... as you move somewhere new, you've got to find your watering hole or create one if you don't have one. Yes, yes, that's that's today. So can you help clarify that? And especially kind of bringing in these other filtrations, like maybe a Kangen versus something else. Um, yeah, where does one go if we're like, okay, we we are ready, we're, we're wanting to experience this, which I just, I hope every single person listening is like, gonna go find their watering hole today because this is the the fast like all these supplements all these anti-aging you speak about this a lot water is it like if you just did one thing it's water so mm -hmm. this is this is what we focus on and we see so many changes 
Absolutely. It's at the heart of everything. And, and even just in everything you said right there, like I want to go into like, oh yeah, this is why it's better than supplements. And oh yeah, this is why it's better than anti-aging, you know, strategies and techniques and stuff like that. But just to, to try to keep it concise to your questions, because there's, you know, like you said, there's so many resources. I have a ton of free videos. I have a ton of courses. I have just, you know, go down the, the, the rabbit holes. Um, but when it comes to Kangen, I'll just address that first. I do not um, recommend Kangen water at all or anything that directly electrolyzes your drinking water. So a lot of these ionizing hydrogen bottles, I'm a big fan of hydrogen. I think hydrogen is one of the best things you can add to your water, but not through direct electrolysis, which is 99% of what's out there on the market. And there are numerous reasons for that. I have 40 minutes probably over an hour worth of videos specifically on Kangen and electrolyzed reduced water and direct ionization um, on my YouTube channel. So if anybody, you know, really wants to take a deep dive into the science of why I don't recommend that, then they can check that out. Um, but suffice it to say, just um, in essence, you know, electrolysis is a destructive process. If you're going to do electrolysis on your on your skin, it destroys the the follicle, your hair follicles, you know, it, it destroys the molecular structure of the water in order to free the hydrogen. Now I consider hydrogen to be the spirit of water. It's it's a very important, very beautiful aspect of water that yes, when you increase the hydrogen, you do see all of these medicinal benefits. However, in the long term, um, direct electrolysis of water has been linked to things like um, necrosis, um, things like um, H. pylori, um, ulcers, uh, complications in heart muscles. And this is because electrocuting something is a very stressful, traumatizing process. You don't want to do anything to your water that you wouldn't do to yourself. And what we really want is to mimic what happens in nature. And a lot of times Kangen people will say, yeah, but when, when lightning hits water in nature, it's electrolysis, but have we been drinking water hit with lightning for you know hundreds of thousands of years has that been the go-to water of humanity or has spring water been the go-to water of humanity so there's a difference between direct ionization and passive ionization so when water flows over geomagnetic rock formations there's also this ionization process that happens um when water uh, dissolves uh, various minerals and electrolytes into herself, there's also this alkalizing process that happens. So water generally, um, we just want to, we want to mimic what happens at a spring. And again, if you want more information on that, on the science of all of that, go to my YouTube. But, but if you're just asking, how do I create my watering hole? How do I recreate the geology of a spring at home if I mm -hmm. don't have access to a spring? Um, and it's really to hit each of these steps, filter, structure, balance, and energize. And um, my shop, waterslife.shop, it's really a directory. It's just a curated list of all of the things that I've vetted and that I recommend. And it is broken down into these categories, filter, structure, balance, and energize, so that you can make sure that you hit each one of those points based on your budget, your need, based on what water you're starting with, based on if you need a whole home system or an under sink system or a countertop system. So it's kind of bespoke. You can customize what you need. I also offer one-on-one -on -one consultations so I can work with people individually to help them customize their strategy. Um, 
there's really only one thing on the market that does all of those steps. I've been teaching these steps for years and I, and I discovered this product two years ago and I was so excited. I was like, okay, I'm doing all the research. I vetted the company so well. I vetted the product so well. And, and, and I wholeheartedly, it's my favorite filter. It also gives the water, suffuses the water with therapeutic doses of molecular hydrogen, 1.6 parts per million without electrolysis at all so and it's not a machine it doesn't require electricity it literally just mimics the hydrology of a spring right under your sink it's called the spring aqua wet seven um and it's it's what i have been using under my sink it creates water that is very very similar to the water in lourdes france at bernadette's grotto um, very similar uh, ratio of minerals, very similar amount of um, dissolved molecular hydrogen. So if you just want a one-stop shop, it's actually cheaper than Kangen and it just goes right underneath your sink. Um, and then if you want something a little bit more affordable in the meantime, then again, you just want to hit each one of those, each one of the, and, and there are some tools that do multiple of those steps, you know, like an Analemma wand, for example, I'm a big fan of the Analemma, it structures and it energizes, um, or something like, you know, a um, portable revitalizer. Those are great if you're on the road and they will um, structure and aerate the water. So there's, there's some crossover of different ones. And then do you start, if, if we're doing those four steps, if we're going to hit those four steps, which water base do you start with, right? Like if I know I'm going to add, I loved um, your electrolytes that you had that mimicked spring water electrolytes. There were so many different kinds that you have and you offer. But if I have best case scenario, say I'm in the van and I'm traveling and I have to pick my one water source that I'm going to make sure it's filtered and then do all the, the four steps, what, what would I even start with? <laughs> that's that's such a personal it, it really depends yeah. for each person like as long as you know if you for example if you're getting reverse osmosis or distilled water if you're going to the store and filling up one of those jugs that's already filtered so you don't have to do the filtration step on that one um if you're starting with tap water then you do want to start with the filtration step mm. generally mm. speaking if you're on the road um, and you're traveling, you know, you can get a spring water in a glass bottle from most stores. Most of the time, it's not actually spring water. Actually, the industry lobbied to have the laws changed so that companies can drill a borehole and pump up artesian well water and label it as spring water, even though it's not. Mm. Um, so in that case, it's going to have a relatively good mineral profile already. So you wouldn't need to add minerals back to it. Um, you wouldn't, if you're getting it in a glass bottle, you wouldn't have to worry about the um, the plastics in there. So that's really such a personal choice, what people want to start with. But as long as you have those steps covered, then, then you're golden. Oh, I love it. And then we didn't even address this, but it's like tap water. What is the most common things you're seeing in city water and municipal mm -hmm. water? The, the, I mean, we've seen this in Flint, Michigan, and then in Denver, there was a huge thing that happened where they were trying to get ahead of it, but very clearly our water is not good. Um, what are those things that you're seeing the most of, or that we need to be really aware of when it comes to just like, I'm thirsty, I'll just get it from the tap. <laughs> yeah. I would say the number one thing to be aware of with tap water is not even just the, the personal kind of self-centered how do I hydrate myself question which is important we all need to have a strategy you know we're in a day and age where we cannot rely on on daddy government or anybody else to provide healthy water for us it has to be a, a, a personal empowerment process of, of getting a good strategy but the most important thing I think to realize with tap water is that the degradation of our water supply is in 
direct relationship to the privatization of water. And that water privatization is one of the biggest dangers facing our planet, if not the biggest, because it's water privatization that causes so much disease in the world. According to the World Health Organization, 80% of disease worldwide is caused by unclean drinking water. Waterways become unclean in most cases as a direct result of water privatization. So I would say this is one of the biggest problems, if not the biggest problem facing us. And, and this is not just happening in the global South, where, of course, it is a massive humanitarian crisis, a massive ecological crisis. As we said in the beginning of this, you know, the depletion of the hydrological cycle is at the root of climate change. Water mediates 95% of energy transfer in the atmosphere. Carbon only mediates 5%. But even on a more local level as well, we need to be very involved in our city hall and our local water activism and our local watershed associations to make sure that um, if your town has not already privatized its water, it's probably considering it. And you need to be involved in making sure that it doesn't do so. And if your town has already privatized water, you need to be involved in making sure that it's considering going back to public management. Again, of course, there are issues with public management as well. I'm not saying it's a perfect system, but we always see not only a degradation of the quality of water, but we also see an increase in the price of water and, <clears throat> and far less access to water in poor and rural areas when, when privatization happens. And it goes so far beyond just, do I have quality water for myself and my household because we're privileged enough to be able to invest in these tools that we honestly shouldn't have to invest in. Um, but it really comes down to the fundamental question of, is water a human right or is it simply a need? And if it's a need, then it can be commodified and the source of life becomes a source of profit. Instead of the source, we see it as a resource, and that leads to so much exploitation, not just of water, but of life in general. It leads to a level of control that is unparalleled in the rest of human history. I know I'm getting off on a tangent here, but- I love it. <laughs> Keep going. I love it. I love okay. it. <laughs> awesome. It's like, you know, you cannot directly control anyone's life, but if you control their source of life, then you control the lives of all of those people who need it as well. In fact, in Chinese, the symbol for control is the same as the symbol for water. So right now, through the municipal tap water supply, water is being used as a weapon of war to control the lives and the mental states of all of those who drink it. And very much so, it has become a poison. What is nature's primary medicine is the establishment's primary poison. So we're seeing incredibly high levels of atrazine in the water, which is an endocrine disruptor that turns male frogs into female frogs in the wild, turns male fish into female fish, um, massively disrupting the gender balance in nature. Um, and we see quite a lot of, of course, fluoride. I'm sure probably most of your audience is already well aware of the dangers of fluoride. So I won't beleaguer the topic, except just to say that it is classified as a neurotoxin. So it is a direct attack on our, our mental health and our physiology and our intelligence. Studies have shown that children who grow up drinking fluoridated water have consistently lower IQs than children who don't. It is a direct attack on our intelligence. 
Um, and because it accumulates in the soft tissues and glands, like, um, you know, the cartilage, for example, it's been um, direct, uh, directly linked to arthritis. Um, it also accumulates, again, in, in the soft tissues and glands, specifically in the pineal gland, which is not only our center of connection with the divine, but also our, our seat of personal sovereignty and autonomy as a soul. And that is being directly targeted through fluoride, also through, you know, a proximal effect that also disrupts cell to cell signaling and can be carcinogenic downstream. So there's that, then there's the there's the chlor chlorine and the chloramine, which are both biocides. And, you know, they they create these little mini genocides of our internal ecosystem and and we are more other organisms than we are ourselves. We have 1.3 other organisms for every one of our own cells. Our microbiome is supposed to be this very richly diverse ecosystem. You know, you, you were saying earlier, we are mirrors of the earth as within, so without. And it's just as diverse as the earthly ecosystem needs to be, our, our human body ecosystem needs to be. And so there's this epidemic of microbiome depletion that's happening, not only because we're not drinking spring water, which is a natural source of all of these beneficial microbes and bacteria. You're, you're receiving a literal probiotic supplement every time you drink spring water, but also because the water we are drinking is chlorine. It's killing off all of those, those bugs within us that we need. And there have been um, some scientists within the, the, microbiome studying field who have said that, you know, a healthy, well-balanced gut flora is basically like an, um, an unregulated um, drug factory within our guts, because these, um, these microflora and microbiota and, and microfungi and, and our, our virome and all of these important things, they not only determine how well we they not only determine our immunity and how well we process our food, but they also determine how well we process our emotions and our environment as well. The vast majority of serotonin is created by this microbiome and, and a vast array of different neurotransmitters are created there. So, so largely the, how much resilience you have to your environment, whether or not you get anxious easily, whether or not you, you get um, depressed easily, whether or not you suffer from seasonal affective disorder, a lot of this has so much more to do with our gut microbiome and our hydration in general than we've ever realized. So it's like, if you are on tap water, Please, as a service to yourself, before you go, you know, seeking pharmaceutical or even supplementary um, shifts, look at the water first, because you are a body of water. 99.92% of your water, of your, the molecules in your body are water. And so tap water is, is a direct attack on who you fundamentally are, what you fundamentally are as a human. But with that said, every city is different. Thank you. Every region yeah. is different. So, right. But it's so important just to even have that awareness. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Isabel, you're such a gift. I'm so glad you came into my life. And then we um, I, were out of time, but I know that you had mentioned uh, one of the things that I'm working on is getting people to grow their food and localizing mm -hmm. some of the food system, but we can't grow food without water. So there's a big piece of this gardening. And I know you said you were working on a, a course and I maybe at some other time we would we can do another part two or a peel podcast so that we can just jump into 
even looking at that type of water, right? It's the same. It's city water that we're pouring on our vegetables. So what does that mean? And what does that that change? And how can we in, incorporate structured water and, and the amount of growth that happens with electromagnetic fields with food? Like it's it, crazy. I mean, it's like seeing those before and afters, like when it, within a day, this the way that plants respond. And of course, we're the same. It's good for us to see that. But like the amount of food that can be produced in such a beautiful way using these resources correctly it's like it's just mind-boggling I'm so excited to dig into that rabbit hole with you (laughs) it's a really fun rabbit hole for sure it could completely revolutionize agriculture and I hope that it will oh my gosh I can't well okay done part two is coming everyone so you have um a spirit of water course november 7th so if if there is anything you want to share about that please everyone if you're listening before november 7th jump into this but also know isabel has so many wonderful affordable resources free and very like i mean above and beyond i know i can it's just amazing what you have put out into the world whether it's your publications or courses or just in general, like conversation about this reciprocity with water that everyone can find something what they're looking for in their own water journey. Um, Water is life.shop. And then you have a retreat. You have, this is how I found you. So you do host retreats. Uh, The next one being in Tulum, maybe in Turkey. So please go to a retreat if you are craving community of mermaids being surrounded by people who see the the value in it or if you just want to learn more and just the beautiful experience of the offerings and this engagement um, in a way that I think we all are deeply needing and craving. That is something Isabel provides and is doing. Will you share a little bit about your Spirit of Water course with us? Oh, gladly. Thanks for asking. I'm really excited about this because it's my favorite course that I teach um, and it's 18 hours worth of deep dive into all of the esoteric and spiritual mysteries of water. And of course, a lot of science too, but really it's the place where the spirit and the science meet. So we go deep into ancient indigenous water wisdom teachings. We go deeply into um, religious mystery school teachings, scriptural teachings. We go into the recent quantum findings about water, basically the entire course is discovering how and why it is true that water is the matrix of reality, that it is the holographic blueprint and contains um, all worlds of reality within itself and access to all dimensions within it. Um, it goes deeply into the the holy water teachings. I had an opportunity to study a Gamatirta, which is the holy water religion in Bali, um, with the water priests there for over a year. So we go into that. It's it's really fun. It's going to be every Tuesday um, throughout November and December. So it's eight classes, and it's only two hundred and twenty two dollars. And you also get lifetime access to all of the recordings. I try to keep everything that I do extremely affordable for people because I feel like this is this is our birthright. We as bodies of water all need to know about water, period. If anybody cannot afford 222, I want you to have this anyway. Reach out to me directly. Um, I'll try to work with you and see what we can do. Um, This is, I only run it once a year and this is only the second time I've run it. So now is definitely the time to hop on with that. And then, and then, yeah. And then the retreats are coming up too, which is going to be really fun. The one in Tulum that you mentioned is 
January 31st to February 5th. And we haven't officially announced the one in Turkey yet, but there may be one in Turkey in September, which I'm really excited about starting to plan. Turkey, are you kidding me? That is amazing. (laughs) Wow. Uh, I am so grateful for you, Isabel. Thank you for your time, your knowledge. I am just so uh, of course, grateful for Kaden for this mm-hmm. connection and Blue Bottle Love and all the work she is doing. And I just am so appreciative. I know there's going to be so many questions and inquiries and everyone just start the rabbit hole now. Like this is just go down it. It's it's so important to go down it, even though it's like you may be a beginner or you've already you know learned about water. There There's so many teachings waiting for you through Isabel. Go follow, go just it's time. It's time for us to reclaim the sovereignty through water. And the more of us that do it, that is reflected into what the world needs the most. This is so important. And I'm just so grateful for the wisdom that you bring, Isabel. It's so beautiful to see and witness and of course, share as much as I can. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Emily. I'm so grateful that Kaden connected us as well. It was such a joy and a pleasure to have <laughs> you at the retreat with us and another total joy to get to chat with you today. Thanks so much for inviting me on and thanks to everybody who listened. Yay, thank you, thank you.